Okay, here we go. Episode three, MZ Sports. I'm MZ. Um, I am currently got the windows open because it's 70 degrees in Chicago and uh, you might end up hearing some outside noise, which I'm going to leave in because it's authentic. Um, My outfit for today's podcast is a gown from Anthropology because I feel like today has a really weird vibe and I'm feeling a little bit scatterbrained and I feel like when you feel that way, you put a gown on and I'm going to stand by that decision. So let's get into it. We're going to hit it this week with MLB first, John Lester. Uh, They decide not to pick up his option, but he does a really great thing where he buys a bunch of beers for everybody in Chicago. Um, Something about about his buying beers for everybody that I thought was very interesting was that he picked hands down the worst bars in Chicago that like only people of his age that are kind of hanging out of their youth go to. Um, a little sad, but whatever. It's the thought that counts. And then some, something a little bad that happened after was that he, uh, you know, the bars got shut down. So he decided he, he does this really nice thing and this really great thing to get everybody to buy them a Miller Lite. Which, if, if any, you know, when you know me, you know I love that. Um, and then they, the bars get shut down, and and that kind of sucks. But he did end up giving the staff, the service providers, sixteen thousand uh, dollars in tips. So that's really awesome, and it's a really great thing to do. And I love him for it. And I'm really hanging on to the fact that I'm I'm hoping he's going to get that John Lester standing ovation day, because I really feel like he needs that. You know, he was integral in 2016 for the World Series, and uh, we would, you know, I just love him, and I just really hope that he can, we can reciprocate back to him the love, and I'll never stop trying to do that for him. Um, They did pick up Rizzo's option, and uh, it's like, if you didn't, what are you doing? Um, And I did like that they announced the gold glove, and Rizzo and Javi got him, Uh, Rizzo got his fourth, Javi got his first. Uh, I like that for our guys. Need a little gold glove action there. I was a little disappointed that Hayward didn't get his sixth gold glove in right field, but uh, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles this year, isn't it? It's all happiness and then disappointment and then happiness. It's a it's a roller coaster, and we're all on it together. Um, uh, I, Darvish is nominated for the Cy Young, so that's pretty cool. Um... I feel like Darvish is on that kind of like, you know, he, he really wants that Cy Young. And he's going up against Trevor Brower, and uh, I think Brower is just a, a little bit out-pitched out, out by Darvish. Uh, they're both pretty good, but I think Darvish got him beat, so we'll see what happens there. Um, all right. I did notice, uh, so we'll go into the NFL, so something I want to kind of kick off and say that I did notice was um, before that when I'm listening to my previous episodes uh, for continuity and, you know, to get better, that's what you do. Look over those plays. Um, I have some Packers inconsistencies in terms of like when they had a bye or who they played and I thought about it and I decided I don't give a shit. And um, if you do, you're probably a Packers fan, and you can fuck off anyway. So, later. So, let's go on to Thursday Night Football. Uh, something I had an issue with uh, about Thursday night, it was uh, 
Falcons won over the Panthers. I mean, how, how bad do you have to feel if you're the Panthers if you just got beat by the fucking Falcons? Uh, they actually pulled through. They actually closed in the fourth quarter for once. But something I didn't really like was Bridgewater. Um, he goes into concussion protocol because he is like getting a potential Crosby scrambler, you know. So he gets taken out because by the team doctors, and that's legitimate. That's a legitimate concussion protocol. But something I didn't like was then last week, Allen Robinson gets pulled from the Rams, the Bears Rams game by the suits up top, you know, by the booth. Not even by the team doctors. Not even by the sidelines. He's out five days in concussion protocol, but Bridgewater is only out five plays. Like, I really don't understand, and and I feel like I'm going to need that printout of, like, exactly what constitutes concussion protocol because at this juncture, it's a little scatterbrained. And I'd expect nothing less from Goodell, but I'm going to need some clarification there, boys, because this is getting a a little bit out of control. Um, So, I mean, and Bridgewater had that flea flicker. I'm a fan of the flea flicker, flicker, you know, you... You, if you can execute it, it always looks kind of cool and, you know, had me, had me a little bit on my toes there. I enjoyed it. Um, so then we got Bills over, pa- over Pats. Uh, Mr. Peanut, oh, man, with the full unravel. And then he fumbles on the goal, uh, on the goal line there or at the end of the game and to give the Bills a win. And, you know, I, I got to – something's up with Belichick because – you know, he's quite calculated, so I always feel like there's always something behind his madness. I always feel like he has a plan, and I don't really see, I never really see what the plan is, but now I feel like I really don't. Like, it's really starting to feel a little cloudy on what exactly, you know, his plan is. Like, you're going to stick with Cam Newton, and, and I know they say he's kind of got the COVID fuzzies or whatever they call it, where, like, you come come off COVID, you have it, and then... You know, it's kind of hard for you to get back on track. But I, I don't know what their plan is. You know, they keep standing behind him and they keep wanting to go with him. And and I just, I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens there because I feel like that's not really Belichick's stuff. He's, like, kind of off the rails, you know, looking a little crazy. Um, I do uh, – He, I know he's trying to get rid of Gilmore and stuff. And, and, and who wouldn't want Gilmore? I mean, he's, he's fucking great, but – at the same notion, like the way that he's going about it is just like not as not as seamless as Belichick likes to function. And I also feel like I know like the fact that I even know any of those details is very un Belichicky. Like he never really you know, it's kinda like a hockey coach. Like he doesn't really give you anything. So I feel like there's a lot of information out there and I feel like that's very calculated for him. Like there's a reason, but I'm not entirely sure what it is yet. So gonna have to dig into that over the next coming weeks. Um, Raiders over Browns. I mean, you're playing in Cleveland. It was like sideways snowing. Then it was raining. Then it was sunny. Then it was cold. Then it was windy. Um, somehow Raiders squeezed out a win. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, fucking Gruden. Uh, I mean, I don't know what it is about Gruden, but I do love him. Um, Chiefs, Chiefs over Jets. It, it, something, you know, holy cow. The Chiefs really just went off the went off the handle there on the Jets. There has to be some sort of like slaughter rule or some some kind of something about that because I feel like 
the fact that you, Patrick Mahomes, gave Tyreek Hill a piggyback ride on the sidelines is, like, a little bit too much rubbing it in the face. Like, I enjoy a good flex, you know, um, but that seemed a little bit obvious, like a, a little too much rubbing in the face there. Like, they're 0-8. They got Adam Gase. They all hate each other. I, like, come on, man. Uh, I did like that Tyreek Hill, you know, got the two TDs finally for a game, and He's uh, got 23 40-plus yard TDs, and he's tied with Randy Moss. And those are good stats, and I like that. But maybe maybe you X name the piggyback ride next time when you're really grinding in that win. Um, but you're excited. I get it, you know. It's like, it, it, you know similar to throwing your mitt on the field after you catch a home run ball, but it's, it seems a little, a little flagrant on the rubbing it in. Um, Colts over Lions. Colts, I mean, holy cow, they just blasted off with the 41 points. And uh, Rivers cracks me up, you know. He's talking about how he comes over from Cali and he uh, he's experiencing this thing they call seasons, you know. Coming over to the Midwest, he's getting seasons. Him and his 18 kids going to church, hitting the pumpkin patch. And they really get to experience that. And I'm sure he'll regret his his uh, saying that how much he enjoys that once it comes to the winter seasons and all of that, but you know, good for him. I'm a fan. Uh, Vikings over Packers. It was interesting. That game was interesting. Um, something I liked about it would be that the Packers actually got flagged in Lambeau a bunch for legitimate fouls. Like they never really get any flags there and it's kind of a joke and I, I really just hate watching the Packers games, but you know, you get the NFC games and that's what it is here in the Chicago and I do like when when uh, the Vikings get to, you know, when the underdog comes up. All right, I'm into it. I like when Rodgers gets beat. Uh, Rodgers wearing the turtleneck, which is a look that uh, only him and Russell Wilson rock. So I guess, okay. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook, holy cow, with the four TDs. You know, he's got a groin injury. Goes out with a groin injury a week or two ago and... And then he just comes back and scores four TDs, just runs all over them. And, and as a Bears fan, yeah, I like it when the Packers get, get kind of worked like that. Uh, it's nice, and I like that they lost. So, uh, you know, okay. Bengals with the upset over the Titans. I, I don't know what the deal with the Titans is. So, like, first, you know, it's kind of funny because, well, not funny uh, in a tragic way, I guess, funny, because it's like, you know, they get COVID. The, basically, the whole team's got it. They come back like COVID cyborgs, and now they kind of just like are they lose two in a row, and it's kind of like what they say happens with COVID, where it's like the first, you know, by day seven you kind of feel okay, and then by day ten you're kind of going down. So it's like they they kind of feel a little sluggish, and and it's unfortunate that they've lost two in a row because they're playing the Bears on Sunday, and they're gonna want that win. You know, they're gonna be real hungry. Um, that's unfortunate for us, but I do love, you know, the Bengals is sexy little half dead Joe Burrows and is all whites. He really, he really got after it for them. And I, I, you know, I love that and I love him and it's good to see him get a win. And, uh, I like an upset just like, just like the Vikings, but, uh, I'm more into the Bengals getting an upset, uh, just because of my man, Lil Burrows Steelers over Ravens. Oh, geez. <laughs> The Steelers, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to just say this every week, I guess. It's like, 
what's up with the fucking Steelers? Like, I guess when you dress like Paul Newman and you're wearing just like a really sexy turtleneck with a medallion necklace and some aviators and you just look cool as shit all the time. And who's, who's going to beat these guys? Who's going to beat the Steelers at this point? Like, I'm not, I don't necessarily, I, I mean, obviously I don't like Ben Roethlisberger because I'm a woman and I'm a human with eyeballs. Um, but if they, if the, if Lamar Jackson can't beat them and they can't beat the Titans or, and the Titans can't beat them, who's going to beat these guys? I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and, uh, wait and see if they play the Seahawks and we'll, we'll battle it out. Uh, Dolphins over Rams. So, I mean, Dolphins, you got Tua in there. I mean, you, you broke Fitzpatrick's heart and you put Tua in, all right? And first play, he gets sacked, and everybody's like, welcome to the NFL, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then he comes on, he gets the upset. Oh, and they made the Rams look like bitches. And it's so funny to me because, like, the Bears looked so terrible against the Rams. But I don't, it's something about McVay. I don't know. He's got the Bears card played pretty well. I think he's just, it's just one of, it's one of those things where McVay just sees us and he's like, oh, this, 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 and this, and he's got it, you know, going on. And uh, they put, the, you know, the Finns put up 28 over the Rams, and I, I respect it. I respect it. I'm cool with it. And uh, way to go, Tua. So, that's cool. Broncos over Chargers. Oh, for Pete's sake. Chargers, Anthony Lynn, what are we going to do with you with your heartbreaking losses? Um, and Drew Locke with the last minute TD. And then, yeah, I don't know if the kids are just like doing those dances now, but like something about the way that like they just do these little like goofy ass dances and shit. I don't know. Fucking young kids, I guess. But way to go. You got the win. I, I'm a fan of Fangio, obviously. Um, Seahawks over Niners. You know, I, I was a little bummed that this game didn't get flexed into the Sunday night game because, like, you, you hit us with the Eagles and Cowboys on Sunday nights when we could have been watching the Seahawks and the Niners. Like, I definitely would have preferred the the Seahawks over Niners game, but I guess that's just what it is. Um, but Niners are just, like, totally decimated. I mean, they're completely... They've got a lot of injury, and now they've got a lot of COVID, and they just can't seem to dig themselves out of this hole. And now Garops is out, and Kittle's all busted up. And, and you know, he had the, the most hilarious tight end response. The tight ends always do that, where they're like, the docs are like, all right, you're out eight weeks, and tight ends are like, all right, I'll give it like 10 days, and I'll be good. Um, which is hilarious to me, because, like, what do they know? I mean, I whatever. It's their body, I guess they know. But he's got, like, a, a fractured foot or something, like you're not coming back in 10 to 14 days after that. Um, and it's just funny to me. Tight ends usually always kind of have that response, and they're pretty banged up, so Seahawks worked them over. Um, I love DK Metcalf. I mean, I love he's rocking that, like, uh, Rob Lowe from uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe from St. Elmo's Fire look where he's got, like, the one earring with the cross. And like the stud or the hoop, the little baby hoop in the other one. Uh, really just fresh kind of look there into it. Uh, I also love that he rocks a little crop top, but in a very masculine way. Like not in, the, in a Ezekiel Elliott kind of way. Uh, more in like a way where at any given moment you just think it's going to be like Hulk doll from his just ripping abs. Like this dude's body is just like, pfft. you like see it in the sunshine. It's glistening at you. It's coming at you. 
you can hear it approaching you behind you because they're just like fucking solid abs. And I'm into that. It's a sophomore year. He's doing really well. I think he's getting pretty good in the system and bouncing back and forth with him and Lockett in terms of receivers out there. And uh, good luck. Good luck to him. I like to see it. Um, like I said, it'll be interesting if they, they play the Steelers. I don't really I don't know what the schedule is if they do. But if they do, then, you know, it'll be a good game. Then we uh, unfortunately got the Eagles over the Cowboys. I mean, Eagle. <laughs> Oh, what a terrible game. Like, what Kool-Aid did Jerry Jones feed people that the Cowboys are in primetime all the time? Like, your team sucks. Your team sucks, dude. It's terrible. And uh, I there's just, there's something about Mike McCarthy, okay? So, like, I did, obviously, when he was with the Packers, I didn't like him. I think he's a good coach, but I'm not going to like anybody who's on the Packers. I felt like at the end there, he was a little exhausted. Like, they, he probably should have left a couple of years before he did. But, you know, whatever. He's comfortable. So then he finally leaves, and he goes to the Cowboys. And I actually thought it would be a pretty good fit for him. You know, I actually think he'd be a pretty good coach there. I, and I still think that. Um, but, man, what what setbacks he's got. It's like Dak gets fully decimated. Dalton's got the scrambler. And now he's got got COVID. Either he has it or he's been around somebody. He's in COVID, like, uh, protocol. So I <laughs> just like, and then they get the, this Danucci dude. All right. So you get, you get Danucci and they say this kid is 23 years old. Like I couldn't stop texting Cohen because I am not convinced that this kid is 23. This kid looks 35 years old and I am super convinced that he has doctored identification that he gave the Cowboys to get on this team because I, there is no possible way that this guy is not 35 years old with a mortgage. Um, so that's very strange to me. I, I was obsessing over it. Like, I couldn't get over the fact that this guy was 23. And then Michaels and Collinsworth go into this story about how his girlfriend, okay, he's got a girlfriend. So I was like, all right, well, he's obviously good looking to me because he looks like he's established because he does not look 23. Look him up. He, there's no way. So whatever. I'm like, Cause this, this guy's kind of cute. You know, like, does he have a girlfriend? Stuff you can't really find on the Internet. So then they get into it and Collinsworth and Michaels are like, yeah, he's got a girlfriend. She's a doctor. When he's third string quarterback, she dumps him. Then when they go into, when he gets to be the first string, they get back together. Um, couple, of, couple of thoughts I have on that. One, why would you tell another living soul that story? Especially the press. Like, why do they even know that? Why do the broadcasters even know that story? If I'm Danucci, I'm like, no, we completely dated. We never broke up. This is us. We're getting married now. You know, like, no problems. This is it. Like, went fully through the whole system. No breakups. Like, why would you tell people that? It's, like, truly embarrassing. Um, And then for them to say it, like, on national TVs really tickled me there. That was uh, really kind of funny. He's firing off lasers, though. I mean, damn, dude. He's just, like, firing it off. That's probably the only thing about him that makes me think that he could potentially be uh, 23. But uh, still not buying it. Uh, something I really enjoy about uh, McCarthy is that he, you know, he plays every down to the last to the last second. He's he's grinding the clock down, and, and you know I think that that's a that's a good thing for a coach because even if you're losing a game, and no matter how much you lose, you always you don't want to ever just give up. I mean, that never sends the right message. You kind of want to play 
grind all the way down, maybe end on a point on some points, you know, you're not, you're not winning, but at least you're not ending kind of feeling sorry for yourself. You're ending with some points. You're ending on, ending on positive momentum to get you into the next week, get you into practice. So you're kind of just not a couple of sad sacks that realize, you know, you got a QB that just came out of retirement for some reason to play third string for you. Um, Something, uh, another kind of fun thing that I very much enjoyed about that game was that they had fans in Philadelphia this time and they got some authentic Philly booze. Love that. Um, dog shit division. Somehow you're winning it. You pumped in, uh, recorded booze from your fans, which is special. I mean, you booed a dog at halftime, so, you know, you're from Philly, but now you have authentic fan booze and and they did kind of hit differently. and And I very much enjoyed that. I was like, yeah, these guys need the authentic booze. Um, then you had uh, you had the Monday night game, the Bucks over the Giants. And, and ah, man, Tom Brady was really just like looking kind of old there for a minute, you know. He was kind of really looking like he got the gray hair. He's like way too tan already. Like really, really tan and uh, looking a little wrinkly. And uh, the thing about Tom Brady is you never count him out. I mean, the guy could be in a freaking walker in a wheelchair, and I still think he would execute a two-minute drill just flawlessly. There's just something about him, and I think when, you, when you're that type of football player where you've won that many championships and you've been in that position so many times and you've played in so many high-stake games, lots of pressure, you just uh, you perform well. And uh, that's what they did. They, they squeezed it out over, and, and you, know, you do got to contribute a lot of that win to the fact that you know Danny Dimes, as they call him, through two interceptions and and despite it despite the two interceptions that that uh old dimes threw i feel like he really did go out there and try to play every down all the way to the end and i thought they kind of had it there with a two-pointer and i wasn't really thrilled with the fact that they picked that flag up i didn't like that and even mike evans said you know any other any other season we lose that game and it's just something different um next week they're supposed to be getting antonio brown and I think it's interesting that he's staying with Tom Brady in the rented house that Brady rented from Derek Jeter, which is just like so deep in sports. It's kind of fun. I kind of like it. Um, We'll see how he does there. You know, maybe he will, maybe Bruce Arians will be able to kind of curb the, the notorious Antonio Brown egomaniac type situation. Um, We'll see. I think he actually might do pretty well there. So, um, something about Bruce Arians that I kind of enjoyed this game was that I think that he's trying to compete with Andy Reid for a most ridiculous sideline look. He's got the, so he's rocking the shield. Okay. He's wearing glasses. He has glasses on his head and then he has the mask, but it's never on. The mask never is on. It's always on his chin the entire game, which I thought was an interesting look. Like why even get the, why even get the chin acne from the mask? Um, just eliminate it. I mean, if they're if the NFL is going to say that the mask and the or the shield and the no mask look is acceptable, which you can't even get into a supermarket with that look, but if you're going to say that that's the look that's acceptable, then why even rock the whole like chin strap look? I don't know, whatever. But then he's got then he's got the like battery pack for his mic, like across his chest, like a cross body bag. And I'm assuming that all the other coaches pretty much just wear it on their back because I don't think I've ever seen a coach just like all the wirings out. It was like something's wrong with this with this robot. This one's been put together uh, 
this one, this one's been put together improperly because I don't really feel like I've ever seen that. Um, it was an interesting look, and him and Andy Reid can duke it out for who looks the most ridiculous on the sideline and pop a pair of Crocs on Bruce Arians, and uh, we got a show. Um, all right, so let's get into the old Bearskis, Bears and Saints. Now, I mean, this should be kind of like a loss that was a little heartbreaking for Bears fans, but to be honest, I mean, this is probably the closest we've come to beating the Saints in the modern era, you know, in the last couple of years. I, d- I don't really think that... I was more upset about the way the Bears played against the Rams than I was about the way they played against the Saints. I mean, something that uh, that you have to take into consideration. I mean, you're playing Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and whether or not they're having a stellar season or whatever, you still have to give them credit, and Kamara's a beast. You know, you got to respect the team for what they are. And um, I feel like we, we handled it pretty well for the most part. Um, I, something Cohen pointed out to me that I thought was really fun and interesting was that Sean Payton on his play card had handwritten on the corner wind exclamation points after it, uh, which is interesting to, me, interesting to me because I feel like you forgot that wind existed or like what was, what was the deal there? Like you played in a dome so many times you know, for the last seven weeks that now all of a sudden you're like, hey, guys, don't forget that wind exists. Um, that was pretty funny. I, I laughed pretty hard about that. Um, I did notice that, you know, despite, you know, they're playing at Soldier Field. So despite how cold and windy it is, Drew Brees did not rock uh, the sleeve look. He went he went sleeveless. And that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it was... It was quite chilly, and when they went to the booth right before the game, you know, Joe Buck is, like, completely... And, and, and I don't know if we're being punished by getting Buck and Aikman in the midday game because of how much Joe Buck hates Chicago, but it really sucks. But he's, like, wearing all of this gear. He's, like, layered and layered up, and then they cut to Aikman, and he's just, like, just in a suit. Like, no jacket. Just, like, all man. And, like, really showed a difference between the two of them, and I found that quite amusing. Um... I would really be into an opposite day on Fox if they're into it, if they respect the women, uh, and and switch it up. And instead of doing Buck and Aikman in the booth, they're the sideline guys, and they bring in Christina Pink and Aaron Andrews in the booth because I feel like they would fucking kill it. And I really have a lot of respect for Aaron Andrews because before her, I felt like uh, female sports, sports broadcasters or uh, reporters kind of just – were reporters, you know, they're journalists. They went out and they asked like journal type, journalist type questions. And, and I felt like Erin Andrews, when she came along, she was like really in love with the sport and really asked the right questions for somebody who's a, a, a huge fan would really respect. So I feel like when they, they should switch it up because they do a really good job and I would be, I'd be really interested to see that. I would, I would be into that. Um, so back to the bears. I, I really, you know, again, like it's really got to be tough to be a QB in this town because the way that everybody kind of talks about it, it's really frustrating. It's like anything that Foles does slightly inconsistent. Everybody's yelling, put Mitch in, put Mitch in. Well, you know what? Now, and, and, and then there was the play calling. And I said last week, you know, Nagy's got to switch it up. So he tried to like out Sean Payton, Sean Payton by putting in Mitch to run kind of like they do with Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. And it turns out that Mitch got injured on that one play. You know, he tweaked his shoulder and it just was like totally failed and was ridiculous. And, and you know, like you thought that was going to work against them. Like that's what the Saints do. They're obviously going to know how to defend against that, but whatever. 
Uh, we had terrible clock management, of course, really terrible timeout management as usual. Uh, Montgomery played a hell of a game. Miller played a hell of a game. Really moves into their play. Um, the whole whims thing. So the the guy that he punched, they called Deuce uh, on the scene, Stee. And uh, something special about him was that he's the guy that Michael Thomas punched in the in the locker room. So this guy's already got an attitude if your own teammate is punching you out. So he obviously said some sort of little bitchy side comment, whether he, you know, we don't know what he said. And allegedly he pulled uh, Wim's mouthpiece out and Wim said he spit on him or whatever. Anyway, he, Wim's has been, he was ejected for the game. He hit his helmet. He was ejected for the game. And then he's got a two game suspension, which he appealed and they upheld. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the consistency is with there and what they're doing with that and how they investigate those things. But in a super mature move, Deuce went to the press after and said that he slapped his helmet like a woman. So in case you were looking for somebody to hate this week, just go ahead and direct it towards him. Um, I, I don't, you know, I did. Nagy didn't like that. And that's not really Nagy style. And and, you know, something about Wims is I, I'm, I'm into the fact that he he had that kind of like hockey mentality about it where it was like, this is my team. I'm going to protect him. You know, don't fuck with us. But in, at the end of the day, you got to be on the field. And he doesn't get a lot of catches, a lot of targets. But you got to be there. Your body's got to be there, whether you block or you do whatever. You're contributing at some point and can't contribute when you're suspended. And, you know, maybe it wasn't a great, a great thing for him. But I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, more power to him. Our O-line is just really decimated. I mean, we we were making kind of those rookie moves before with the fall starts and a lot of movement and just real amateur hour. And then white hair's out and uh, Massey's out and two guys got COVID. And so it's like, all right, I'll, get, I'll give you a little learning curve this week because you're going to have a lot of guys that are brand new and, you know, four replacements, you know, not brand new, but they're going to be, it's going to be their week to step up and, if they can protect Foles against the Titans, then, then I'm into it. Because you know what? We're going to need a win here. We're g- coming off of two losses. Titans are coming off of two losses. We're going to need to step it up here uh, on Sunday. And I feel like the O-line is where it's going to be. And, and Foles is doing a pretty good job of kind of getting it together. I mean, he's doing what he can. And like I said, you stick with him, you stick with him. And that's what it is. Um, Jimmy Graham looked like he got, he was getting ragged all worked all over the field. I, I just don't know what it is. Like the dude is huge and he gets kind of smashed by two, you know, two big guys. I get it. The two guys coming after you, 250 pounds, but like his body just like turns into this like jello kind of flailing all over the place. And, uh, I mean, I like Jimmy Graham, but it just kind of, kind of cracks me up. So I really hope that the bears kind of get it together and they, they tighten it up a little bit, and I mean, at this point, the Saints are tough—a tough foe. And if you're gonna, if you know, you're gonna start winning some games, you're gonna have to start getting getting creative. And and now that Mitch is hurt, at least maybe the fans will stop giving you so much shit. Good luck with that. Yeah, right. Not gonna happen. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, I don't know. I was less disappointed in the Bears this week than I was after the Rams game. Uh, some little wrap-ups on, on the week of the NFL. Um, the Crosby Scrambler hit on Dalton by Bostic. Uh, Bostic got fined $12,000 for that, which I thought was really fucking stupid because they find 
players for wearing socks too low for five grand, but only six grand more than that just to completely give somebody the full scramble. And I don't understand. I don't know what the fine situation is there. You know, they find guys for wearing improper cleats 10 grand. So like you're you only find them 12 grand. It does seem a little bit does seem a little bit inconsistent. I might need the printout on that, too. Uh, I don't know what the deal is, but it, they kind of got to figure that stuff out. But I would expect, again, nothing less from Goodell. A couple of things uh, that, a couple of spooky things that happened, you know, um, it was Halloween weekend and they had a full moon um, and two kind of really weird things happened. Um, the offensive tackle for the Raiders, Trent Brown, he had COVID. He gets off COVID protocol. He comes back to play in Ohio and he's getting administered an IV for some reason and there's air bubbles in it. So that's weird. So he's rushed to the hospital, you know, because you could die from that. Rush to the hospital, he's three days in the hospital. I I'm not entirely sure like how that happens. Like where are they getting these sideline doctors from? Uh, it seems like maybe they they might have been spread a little thin because maybe the docs went to help with the COVID uh around the the nation but whatever it is they need to really get it together because they're fucking up um and then the second weird thing that happened was the vikings player got his lung punctured by a packer's cleat uh in the pile which i I don't know i mean i've watched a lot of football and uh football's been around a long time i don't really hear about that happening a lot so i don't know if that's something that does happen a lot if ever and if it does it's got to be like pretty rare I mean, I seems odd to me, but um, hope they, you know, hope those guys recover because that shit is fucked up. That's some that's some full moon Halloween weekend type shit. Um, so that's it. That's my wrap up. Um, I'm a little distracted today, obviously. It's been a crazy 24 hours and getting crazier. So uh, everybody, hope you got some sleep. I know I didn't last night, but um, hopefully things get better. Uh, it's MZ Sports. MMZ. Have a good week.